0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dental Download Podcast. My name is Haley. I am your host. I just wanted to thank everyone so much for all the support on the first episode about my first year of undergrad. Today's episode is going to be all about my sophomore year my classes, my dental experiences, shadowing, taking the DAT, so many different things we're going to cover today. But I did just want to quickly say thanks again for listening. And if you haven't yet, be sure to click follow on whatever streaming platform you're listening to to show me some support. And you can also follow our Instagram. It's at Dental Download Podcast. And that will be the best place to engage with me and let me know what you want me to talk about in these episodes, because I really want them to be as helpful as possible to you and I've already been having a lot of fun talking to some of you listeners on my Instagram through DMs and comments and everything so keep it up it's been really cool getting to know you and I appreciate the support a lot and also as you've probably noticed episodes will be up every Monday morning so it's a really great chance for you to start your week off on a motivated high note and then you can obviously listen to it whenever it works best for your schedule throughout that week but it'll be there right at the start of the week so I hope that works out well for all of you. So we're going to get into the episode here now. So we're going to talk about what's going on in my life first. So there's been lots of FaceTiming with friends and staying busy with hobbies. As you know, we're all staying home right now to be good citizens and everything. But um, my classes are still pretty time consuming, I would say. I'm trying my best to still be successful in them because I want to carry over good study habits into when I start dental school. Like after these years of working so hard, I don't want to get lazy at this point. Like that's really not worth it in my eyes. So I'm definitely working on finding the balance between trying hard in my classes but also still giving myself a ton of free time for my hobbies and interests and then also just to rest and also to talk to friends that are all going to be spreading all over around the country around the state in a few weeks after we graduate here or at least finish classes not technically graduate so that's pretty much my whole update about what's been happening in the past couple days here in my life but as for what's motivating me I kind of already touched on it but like being successful in school I think is what's motivating me like to continue and keep up my good study habits but as for like a tangible thing that you could work on um, I find that setting daily goals I know as basic as it may seem has been really helpful and also ensuring that they're well balanced or well-rounded goals I think is the key thing so my list has personal goals every day such as actually getting ready a little bit, doing my physical therapy for my knee, working out, going outside, hopefully for a walk. But if the weather is not permitting, because in Michigan we still aren't having the best weather sometimes... However, the past couple of days have been absolutely beautiful, like in the 60s, which for context, last week it was like 31 degrees um, Fahrenheit, obviously, for the U.S. But um, yeah, the weather has been improving, which is nice. But when there isn't nice weather, I still try to get sunshine and like, seemingly being outside by going for drives in my car and stuff, but aside from personal goals, I also put my schoolwork on there obviously and then also work for my hobbies, whether that's to draw a certain picture that day on Procreate or to get a podcast up, edit one, film one, whether it's a video, plan out videos, really just like setting small goals each day so that I can have this list that I accomplished and be like, okay, I actually did things today, even if your sleep schedule is messed up. Even if you don't have a lot of like schoolwork or professional work to do, you just can give yourself other projects and tasks and write them down and act like they're a big deal, even if they aren't. I think that's been helping and motivating me for sure. So now let's get into the actual topic of this episode, my sophomore year of college at Michigan State. So to set the scene a little bit, I moved off campus to an apartment with three other girls. We each had our own room and our own bathroom. It was so nice compared to sharing everything freshman year. So I was super excited about having my own space, being able to cook my own food, being independent, having my car so that I could go drive if I wanted to, go to the gym, get my own groceries, do volunteering, get to club meetings, just everything would be easier now that I was off campus. So I was really, really excited about that. So academically, sophomore year was by far one of my most successful years in all of college. I had earned my highest GPAs. I really felt like I was learning in my biology class, which was just like such a foreign concept to me because most of my time in school has been more about learn what you need to learn to get the grade, and then it probably goes out of your head. So it was really cool to actually be absorbing material and understanding how things truly connect to each other and this is kind of going to come up again in my junior and senior year talks about how all my classes are finally coming together and everything but this sophomore year like really laid the foundation for my education um, being a biology major like just the introductory biology one and two classes were so influential, in my opinion, because my professor was amazing. The class was extremely challenging. I really struggled at the beginning of that class because I just didn't have a good background in biology. I hadn't taken it since my first or second year of high school, and it was, like again, not a class that I put someone so much effort into so I really didn't have a good foundation and I got I think like a 40 or 30 percent on the first quiz and she put a little note on there like come see me let's talk about this and me being super intimidated I was not looking forward to that at all and I was also really embarrassed because I did so poorly in my opinion I mean I think most people would agree below a 50 percent is pretty poor but yes that was really concerning to me and I went in to see her And we went over it and I was like, okay, to be honest, I don't even understand how we got here. Like, I don't have the background info. I don't understand where these concepts even came from. So she was really great and went through it with me and went pretty much backwards in the course content and laid out more of a foundation for me so I could actually understand where these different topics were coming from. Um, And it was just so helpful. And after that, now that I had that background, I was able to really like put myself into high gear and work really hard and be really successful in that class and to the extent where she would recommend other students come talk to me so that I can explain things to them. So I made a really big 180 in that class. I mean, it was never like I failed an exam because I took that initiative right away. Um, That's one thing I want to mention about my study habits and the way I do classes is I go really, really, really hard the beginning of every semester and try to do as well as possible. Like I'm always trying to do as well as possible, but I feel like I just am the least burnt out and I'm really fueled up to go at the beginning of a new semester. So I work super, super, super hard. And usually by the end of the semester, I can have a high grade or I'm sitting in a place that's probably not going to move, whether that is a 3.5 or whether that is a 4.0. So I don't have to stress so much at the end of the year. And I usually do have a pretty good grasp on the material. So that's kind of how I treat my semesters and it's been really helpful so far so if you can motivate yourself to just start off really strong i think it's going to really pay off so i'll quickly go over the classes i took again since i do get questions about that and then we'll go into my study habits and then everything i was doing outside of classes but so my fall semester of my sophomore year i took 13 credits Um, i took a business class called the art of starting for my minor i took organic chemistry one Organismal Biology 1 and Statistics for Scientists. So that was my schedule fall semester. And in the spring, I also took 13 credits. I took Cell Biology 1, I took Organic Chemistry 2, Organic Chemistry Lab, and a class called Creativity and Entrepreneurship, also for my minor. Both of the biology classes had labs intermixed with it. like It wasn't a separate class that I signed up for, but you definitely need to take your chemistries, your organic chemistries, and your biologies all with labs that's required for dental school. So make sure you sign up for those. And as for my study habits, um, they really did start to improve these days my sophomore year because I became super Routine, I guess, is the best way to describe it. I was very, like, meticulous about planning everything out. And at this point, I was still, like, a pen and paper student. I didn't have, like, my iPad or anything. So I was very traditional, just lots of writing things out. I had a whiteboard, probably the size of, like, a laptop and a half. So it's pretty small. It fit in my backpack still, which was really helpful because I could bring it to campus, to classes. I could study between classes. I could bring it to the library. And then I could also use it at home at my desk. So the whiteboard was really great because I could do a lot of repetition when I was studying. I think that is one thing that helped a lot with science classes because there's a lot of systems and a lot of like flows of the ways things connect so just drawing those over and over and over and seeing how different concepts connect putting things kind of in like groupings like these four topics go together these four topics go together and then this thing is separate and just kind of putting those on the board and visually seeing it because I am a pretty visual person also doing different like tables and charts really anything writing them out and looking at it then when I'm doing an exam or something I usually can kind of picture those notes so that's really helpful for me and then I also would make a study sheet um, and like study guides for the exams so our school usually gives learning objectives for science classes so they're just like a topic that you should be able to like understand or a certain way you're gonna have to apply a concept and I would do that out on a plain piece of paper I found it was most helpful to do it on like a printer paper like online for me that just worked better in my brain because I just had a f- blank free canvas and I would draw out or write out whatever concept was whether it was the whole like DNA replication for, like whatever it was I would draw it out and then I would have that study guide and people really liked my study guides I'd share it with a lot of my friends and like use them to kind of teach other people and like I said teaching others I think was another really great way that I learned in those classes and the whiteboard was also really, really helpful for organic chemistry because, again, that is pretty memorizing-based and pretty much just like repetition, like I said. So whiteboards are great for repetition. Um, as for like organic chemistry, I know that's tricky for some people. I did better in organic chemistry than I did in general chemistry, which was pretty cool. Organic chemistry, one, for me personally, was actually a bit harder But I did, like, barely get an A in Organic Chemistry 1, oddly enough, and then Organic Chemistry 2 came a lot easier to me because it was just a bunch of reactions, whereas Organic organic Chemistry 1 was a lot more conceptual, so I think... My consensus is that the conceptual parts of any type of chemistry I'm not the best at, but maybe that'll give you some hope if you're or you're in Orgo 1 and you're hoping that next semester you can do a little bit better because it worked out better for me second semester. So that's pretty much all I have to say about classes themselves. And now I'm going to get into my extracurriculars, volunteering, dental experiences, all that kind of stuff. So... I could finally start volunteering this year. I probably could have freshman year as well, but it was just a lot harder considering that I had to find a way to get off campus and I didn't really do that all that often as a freshman. So now that I had a car, I was able to go to the volunteering events for my clubs and I was getting a lot more volunteer involved in my clubs as is. I was going to like every single meeting, partially because I wanted to because they were motivating like I said last episode and I was had friends in them and everything, but also because I knew I was going to apply for executive board or e-board is what I'm going to refer to it as for both of those clubs, so I wanted to make sure I never missed anything. And through those clubs, they also do volunteering off campus at some local food banks on campus. We actually have a food bank just the MSU Food Bank, and then we also have the Greater Lansing Food Bank not too far away, and then we also do some volunteering at a place called Haven House, which is where some families and their kids are able to stay and kind of get back on their feet, and then um, I also started my own volunteering outside of my clubs, and this was what I did most of my hours, and I didn't do too much through the clubs just because it was like couple times a semester that I went but with this program at MSU that's called honors times two so it's originally started through the honors college here but I'm not an honors college student I'm just a average student but um, anyone's allowed to be involved in it and they basically pair you up with a local elementary school student that's actually more gifted in their classes so they're kind of bored in their classes and not being challenged enough and you go to the school once a week and you work with them on a project that they're actually interested in so if they really like science, you'll work with them on a science project. Or if they really like writing or history or engineering or coding even, some people do projects like that. And they match you with a student that's like suited for whatever you're skilled in. So I usually and with students that like something science related I've been doing it every year since sophomore year so I've done it three times now but sophomore year was my first time actually being involved in it and I was paired with a really cool fourth grade girl she was super sporty and loved science and art so we decided to kind of combine those and we did a diorama out of clay for an ecosystem and she learned all the different organisms in it she got to pick which ecosystem we did we learned the scientific names of the organisms and facts about all of them and it was pretty fun like waiting To be hands-on, but also still learning, and her teacher really liked me going, so I actually ended up going twice a week instead of the requirement, which was only once a week. So I did get a lot of volunteering hours through that specific year since I did go so often. Um, One thing about volunteering that I want to be just like honest about: it is pretty hard to get yourself to go and like be motivated to do it, but. One for that, I was like, she knew I was coming and they get really excited. And that's, she would tell me like the highlight of her week was when I got to come and work with her. And I know same thing for if you're signing up for a food bank or something, like they're really relying on you to go. So as hard as it is to get motivated to go, every time I was there, I had the best time when I was working with her or working at the food bank. And then once you leave, you feel really great. I know it's hard. Just to feel like you have time in your schedule, like you're so busy, you have to drive there, whatever it is, like you're making all these excuses. But at the end of the day, you're going to be really happy you did it. Plus, you really do need volunteering hours to be competitive. So, the other significant experience that I had um, sophomore year is that I went on a medical service trip with AED, the organization that I'm in, to the Dominican Republic. It was through an organization called Solid Rock International. That's like who hosted us. And while we were there, we basically rotated what All of us students did every day. So you either were um, crowd control, as we called it. So we would play with the kids, keep them occupied while they're waiting in line. If you spoke any Spanish, you could speak to the families that were waiting in line as well, like the actual adults. But the kids were pretty good at communicating with us, even though there was that language barrier, because you can just kind of do hand motions and things. And a lot of us had really basic Spanish So we didn't feel as, I don't know, judged if we were to say something a little incorrect because they're also just like children and they're learning their proper grammar too and everything. So that was really fun if you were just like playing with the kids, but then all the other stations were medical based. So this wasn't a dental trip, but um, again, what we did, you could either be working at the pharmacy, you could be shadowing the doctors, you would just sit next to them and see as they went through the patient's um, like appointment checkup and then... You could also be um, the person that kind of screens the patients before they go to the doctor. So you'd be working with the nurse more so. So you would be like weighing babies on the scales, helping them write down information about the patients. And then um, that's pretty much everything I think that we did if we were there. You were either one of those stations. And the way it works is we were staying at a home base um, at the Solid Rock International like. Um, house that they have. But then every day we'd get on a bus and we would drive to a different like community or village that was in need of care. So these villages kind of go on a cycle through Solid Rock where they get seen probably twice a year, these different locations. And they're very in need of medical care. And one person from each family in the community is allowed to go see the doctors just because we can only be there for one day at a time. Oh, there was also one more station I forgot to mention. We would do house visits. So we would go, the Solid Rock International is a Christian organization. So there was a local priest there. So we would go with him to the family's homes. And if they would like us to come in or to sit outside, we would sit with them and talk with them and pray with them as well and give them any treatment for the really, really sick people that weren't able to make it out to the clinic. We would set up the clinic in whatever place the community leader wanted us to. A lot of times it was a local school or a local church that just could be empty and we could put up our tables and the doctors could set up their equipment and get the pharmacy and everything ready to go. So it was overall an extremely, extremely cool experience. And I feel like I learned a lot about healthcare in general and like access to healthcare issues. And even in the U.S., healthcare is not always necessarily a right. It really is kind of more of a privilege, but that's obviously a very even stark contrast to some other countries that are have pretty much no healthcare. And one thing I really liked about the organization that we went through is that they were developing a hospital there. So it should be built by now because I went a few years ago, but they are faced with earthquakes pretty often there. So they built a new hospital that's on basically an underground plate so that as the earth shakes, the hospital shakes with it rather than being like uprooted and broken or anything. So now they have this hospital that they're able to see patients at and The organization stays there, so they do develop a better like healthcare system for the people there. So I was happy to be involved in something that's more permanent rather than just going in, treating people, and leaving them like clueless pretty much. So I felt pretty good about that organization that we went through. If you are looking for a dental-specific trip, I know that Global Brigades has a dental brigade that goes to different countries, and volunteers around the world is another organization that does dental service trips with undergrad students, so your school might have a community or a club that does that. If not, you can go on those websites because they're like national organizations and set up a trip at your school or with schools in your area if your school is pretty small and you don't think you'll be able to get enough people together. I did find my trip though to still be super rewarding and honestly it did help solidify that like I want to do dentistry, not like um, being an MD because just seeing the stuff that they were doing and comparing it to my time shadowing. Like I liked what I saw as a dentist more than as a physician. So that was kind of nice to solidify my interest in dentistry and also still working with patients and overcoming those communication barriers. And everything was still super, super impactful for me. And I like definitely am happy I went on it, even if it wasn't a specifically dental trip. Another thing to note that although I would definitely recommend medical or dental service trips if you're able to attend one or to start one at your school, they're 100% not essential to like make your application stand out because it is actually pretty common for people to do them. I don't think it makes you all that unique and it's also extremely expensive as I'm sure you know. So I think that There's plenty of need for dental service and medical service in communities around you where you can be helping and not paying money and also still really making an impact in communities that need it. So don't feel pressured that you need to be going on a medical or dental service trip at all because you also will get the chance to do that when you're in dental school. And during those, you'll actually get to treat patients rather than just writing things down and like watching patients and like assisting doctors. You'll actually be doing the work yourself so that will probably be more exciting and rewarding anyways and at the end of that spring semester so I came back from that um, winter service trip then I went back right into classes that you already heard my second semester classes pretty much same studying routine and working really hard and all that and still being really involved in my clubs finishing up my volunteering and everything but that spring at the end I did apply for eboard for both AED and pre-dental club so pre-dental club interviews are kind of funny it's you sitting in one chair with all like six or seven E board members like in a half circle in front of you so it was pretty intimidating and it was my first like real interview because I wasn't interviewed for the oral surgery position because they just like met me in person so it was kind of a impromptu interview but this was my first formal interview so it was a really good experience I don't think I did all that well I was definitely pretty reserved and my answers were very like like yes I do this and this is that like it was very Shortened to the point, I didn't expand at all. But I also wasn't someone that was rambling too much because that's not good either. But I definitely just didn't know what I was doing. But it was really good experience, so I would highly recommend applying for eboard positions and doing mock interviews at your like school's career center and everything because the earlier you can start practicing your interview skills, the better. So I did not get a spot for pre dental club eboard. It's super competitive. We have at this point in my senior year like two hundred members pretty much in the club, and there's only like six eboard spots total. And there's like three open every year because some people like return and stay on the board. So I didn't get a spot that year, but I did get an e-board position for AED, the Pre-Health Honor Society. I actually got two positions because the club was pretty small. So I was offered the position of the volunteer coordinator and also the um, professional development coordinator. So volunteering we i would do different fundraisers for the club and for the Dominican Republic trip i would set up our volunteering at like the MSU food bank or haven house or wherever we were going to go as a group and then for professional um, portion I would be doing our relationships with the test prep companies because we have discounts for our members through Kaplan and Princeton Review and everything. And then we also set up like a mock MCAT. And also I would set up tours at the professional schools. So PA schools, med schools, um, dental schools don't do tours, but I would bring our groups to their open houses and to their pre-dental days and everything. I'll get more into everything that like I did for AED as well as kind of my role in the club and how things change and everything and what I learned from it um, in the next episode as I was a junior doing those things. So overall, I would say I had a pretty good school year. It was, again, pretty much all about like working hard in my classes and like being successful and building up my experiences to be a strong applicant. And I know that might seem kind of, I don't know, just like too centered on pre dental activities, but I was pleased with the way it went, and that's how I wanted to be spending my time. So I don't really have any regrets about it. Um, I was really happy that I was doing well in my classes. Um, I was able to get a 4.0 both semesters. So that was really great, and it brought my cumulative GPA up to a 391, which made me really happy because my goal was to apply with at least a 3.9. So I was on track for that as long as I could keep it up during my junior year before I would submit my applications. So right after that spring. Semester finals. I already had my game plan figured out for my DAT. So the pre-dental club at MSU recommends that you take your DAT the summer after sophomore year. That way you have time to retake it if you need to. That way you can probably have time in your schedule where maybe you don't need to work as many hours that summer. Maybe you don't need to take extra classes. You can devote more time to the DAT. So that's why I chose to take it then and I only knew to do that because I did join my pre-dental club freshman year so again that's more reason to just get involved early because I really wouldn't have known that I would have assumed you took it closer to the time that you apply but we really recommend taking it after your sophomore year and if you are in the stage to do that now I would definitely recommend it but anyways I knew about um, DAT boot camp from pre-dental club and that that's what I wanted to use to study Um, I'm going to get more into again the ways that I studied for the DAT in a coming up episode after I finish these few about my years in undergrad the next episode. episode will be about how I studied for the DAT and my advice regarding that. But I knew that Ari's 10-week schedule exists, and I wanted to give myself a little bit extra time, so I took 12 weeks studying six days a week, and I took it um, on July 24th of 2018. I got a score that I was really proud of, and I didn't need to retake it, so that was great. And then pretty much after that, I just spent the rest of the summer shadowing, so I gave myself the rest of August off, I mean not August, the rest of July off the, those couple weeks, and then I went into shadowing at a local dentist. So So um, the shadowing I did in high school was in a different town than I live in now. My family moved, so I wanted to find a new dentist closer to where my parents' house is because that's where I was living over the summer. So I called up a bunch of offices, and that's really all you can do is call up offices. If you want, you could go in person and like bring your resume and talk to the front desk worker and ask them if they're able to have the dentist come out or give them your resume and let them know they're interested in shadowing. But I think calling is nearly as efficient. You might have to follow up with them or something, but... Usually all the dentist offices got back to me or they answered right away and their office manager knew whether or not the dentist took shadows. Some dentists don't ever take shadows and other dentists are really excited about it or some dentists have a limit. They can only have two or three going that month and only one come in at a time. Like it really just depends on how each person wants to run their practice. I ended up being able to actually shadow at my first choice local dentist. Um, reasons I selected her was that first of all she was a she she was a woman and I had never shadowed a female dentist before someone that's experiencing like having children throughout their time as a dentist and just like having a different I think honestly work-life balance than a uh, male dentist might and also just to see if their interactions with patients are any different just because it's more relatable for me so I was really excited to be shadowing a female dentist and I also really wanted to shadow a dentist that had graduated from the dental school that I wanted to attend so my number one dental school had always been the University of Michigan. So I wanted to shadow a dentist that went there. And this dentist was great because she graduated from the University of Michigan for dental school, but she actually went to Michigan State University for undergrad, just like me. So we did have a lot of stuff in common right away. She was extremely helpful, and I'll get more into my shadowing experiences again in another episode, but I did do a lot of shadowing hours with her. Let me look up really quick exactly how many I did that summer. I didn't complete all of my hours, um, but I did get a good chunk of them. So from my notes on my phone, it looks like I got around 35 hours throughout that month of August. She did have another girl shadowing, so she would only have me come in two days a week, so that's why I wasn't able to get a ton, a ton of hours, but it was honestly fine because I liked to have the rest of that time. Time to enjoy my summer before I moved back to MSU for classes near the end of August but um, I also took some time off um, during that summer when I was studying for the DAT to attend the Mission of Mercy so that's the last volunteering thing that I did throughout like my sophomore year if you want to count that a sophomore year but it's a really cool um, like event that they put on um, every other year in our state I know a lot of states have a Mission of Mercy but not all of them do so you can definitely google if your state has one but what it is is basically a free dental clinic ours is two days every other year in a different location around the state so it kind of Bounces from east side to west side, so it's more accessible for people. But people come that have not seen dentists possibly ever in their life, or they haven't been in 10, 15, 20 years, or it's against their belief system to pay for medical care, so they're not able to see dentists unless it's at a free clinic like this. So all different kinds of stories, and I talked about that a lot in my interviews and in my personal statement because my role as a volunteer there was just to check in patients and also to work, I guess, work the lines of people where outside because they would wait all day to get in and see these dentists. So I would just walk around and talk to the different patients there and hear their stories, hear about where they're from, talk to them about normal things too, not just about dentistry and why they don't like the dentist or something or why they haven't been to the dentist, just about their lives and their interests and everything and meet their family. So it was a really, really interesting experience. And I feel like it really opened my eyes to just like different people's sides of dentistry I guess just like people have had different a lot of different experiences than I have as someone just that grew up going to the dentist from six months or whatever you're supposed to till now like there's so many different people and experiences out there and growing up like being sheltered and like well off financially hadn't had these life experiences and I'm really glad that I was able to get that and to just broaden my perspective and better understand where different people are coming from and learn to be more like empathetic and relate to different people than myself so I would highly recommend getting out of your comfort zone in general, and also trying to find free dental clinics like that where you can engage with different types of people and also relate all that back to dentistry. So I would highly, highly recommend that. I think that's one of the best experiences I've had in all of undergrad is that Mission of Mercy trip. So kind of wrapping things up, overall, I would say the biggest highlights of my sophomore year was tackling the DAT that was real roller coaster Um, going on that medical service trip going to the mission of mercy for that four day weekend and also getting really good grades i'm really proud of that looking back still to this day and also getting those experiences and getting that role in eboard that's going to be more relevant to junior year but i was also really proud of that and i think that that was a really important part of my sophomore year as well and i know listening to this it probably seems like i lived a pretty like pre-dental heavy lifestyle during this year and honestly yeah that's true however like I said I really don't regret that because I think it allowed me to formulate a really great work ethic and also time management skills that I eventually carried into junior and senior year of college and was able to balance more of having a social life and like other activities outside of school. So I really think that that was an important time for me to just work as hard as I could like academically, professionally, however you want to say it, and just build a strong foundation that I know I'm going to carry with me throughout my whole life. So I really don't regret that at all. And I would say my biggest piece of advice for people in their sophomore year is to take the DAT after their sophomore year during that summer. However, if that's not applicable to you or it's not going to work out, my other biggest piece of advice is to get started early. Start shadowing and volunteering your sophomore year that way. One, you can show dental schools that you've been interested, that you have a large, commitment to these organizations, to dentistry in general, and also because it's going to make your life a lot easier down the road if you're not scrambling to get required hours or build up your hours to have a strong application. So overall, I think it's just going to save you a lot of stress later on, which is always the goal. And that's pretty much everything that I have for this episode. I want to thank you guys so much for listening again. Be sure to check out the Instagram at Dental Download Podcast, and I will talk to you next Monday.